0: Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot, and strong. Install a Ream. Not getting enough Triple M footy? Or did you miss something and need to go back and have another listen? Get the Triple M NRL Podcast. It's available right now on the Triple M NRL app. Sunday. A day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh no, he
1: drops the ball just down! That- You're simply the best.
0: Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league.
2: Woo! Oh, you gotta love your rugby league. Two, three, four. Nice
0: hey, to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to the Triple M. Sunday, Sunday.
2: Yeah, welcome to it. It's right across the Triple M Network and it's thanks to our friends at Bryden's Lawyers. 1-800-848-848 au. They commit, they protect and succeed. A massive show. Plenty to talk about today. We'll uh, speak to Nathan Cleary, we'll speak to Knights coach Adam O'Brien and the new sensation from Melbourne Nico Hines gets a, uh, a mention as well. We'll talk to Nico and we'll, uh, the return of a thing called I Call BS and the gift that just keeps on giving Anthony Seibold, and the Broncos. We'll cover off on that shortly as well. Gordon Tallis in our Brisbane studio. How are you, my friend?
3: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to be here.
2: Yes, it's going to be a big show. And from uh, NRL 360, Paul Kent, you've had a busy week. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It uh, hasn't stopped either. Mm. Uh, Leichhardt Wanderers' number one ticket holder, James Triceps Hooper.
4: Anthony, the Redfern Rocket. How are you?
2: I'm absolutely fantastic. Before I go to all the news, I'll just give you the scores for Tyre, our friends at Tyre Power. Roosters 24, Dragons 16, Warriors 26, Manly 22, Souths 28, the Broncos 10, Storm 41, Dogs 10, Panthers 28, Raiders 12. They've lost one game all year, the Panthers, and the Knights 44, the Tigers 4. Before we go any further, uh, a little bit of breaking news out of the Panthers. uh, Ivan Cleary, my be in a bit of hot water over a comment he made.
4: I think he will be in some hot water Anthony and the reason is, look, take nothing away from the Panthers. Like They're flying high on top of the comp. Uh, first time since 2003 that they've had eight consecutive victories together. But Ivan made what appeared a throwaway comment last night about the Raiders looking as though the match officials might have managed them back into the game. We've got the audio. Let's just take a listen. There
0: were a couple of bloody calls in that second half. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. It felt like they were being managed back in the game. So, I don't know, that's all I can say. Yeah, some really, really strange calls.
2: Uh, There it is. So that's Ivan Cleary suggesting that the Raiders were being managed back into the game.
4: So as innocuous as that, Comment might appear on face value. You can never question the integrity of the match officials, and so the insinuation that people have taken out of that is that Ivan was basically saying the Raiders were oh, allowed I, back into the game. I question them. I mm-hmm. question the integrity of the match officials, or
5: yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I, I don't disagree. I, look, I, I would like to watch that the half more closely to say, whether well, I agree with Ivan last night, but I'm certain in the past that referees uh, have uh, level up penalty counts and things like that to avoid criticism. I, 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 I think that's well known throughout the game.
4: Yeah, there were some dubious calls, but well, the rules are the rules. Paul, in terms of what he's not you can and say can't it. say no, he's in press conferences say. after games. And yep. so the fact that Ivan has gone as strong as he has, I think we'll see the NRL whack him with a fine tomorrow. If you go on previous fines, like we've seen... Uh, Ricky Stewart find at times uh, over the years. I'd say you'll be hit between ten and twenty thousand dollars oh, as a result of what I think you'll he get
5: ten large. You didn't go off and, and, and unless you had you know your ears out listening for it, most people that would have passed them by and they wouldn't mm. have known what, what mm. he meant.
3: So
4: I think that doesn't make it Yeah, no, I mean, can not
5: that, that's,
3: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he said yeah. that they cheated. But and if he did
5: come out and say they cheated and carried on like that, there may have been twenty. But I'd say this will be sitting around ten grand. But I will. I say, Gordon, you 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 should be well experienced to you know, absolutely following. A I just wish like I the, went up the there. I,
3: yeah, I I actually <laughs> <laughs> What's no no I'm I serious.
5: So, I, you look at the amount of time Titans when they're getting rolled get a, a rush of penalties late in the game. Yeah. Mm. Happen, happens too often for it to
3: be an accident. So you honestly reckon that's something? Look,
5: I, <laughs> I think referees are terrified that a coach will go in after a game and said, I thought the referee was disgraceful. It was a 9-2 penalty count, and he was only refereeing one side or whatever or putting that out there. So often we know for a fact the referees used to have a code word that they would say it up to the code, to the box, you know, how's Charlie going or whatever. And Charlie was code word for what's the penalty count. Yeah, but that's and 10
4: if, years ago now. Yeah. I don't well, think those days are. 10 years ago isn't that so long ago. Yeah, I know, but I don't think that They goes can't say because the reset or like the
3: restart of the six, right? When sides, the players and the coaches are here to blame because they coach to break the rules. When I was playing, it was coach to score tries, let's play footy. Then all of a sudden, how do we slow these guys down? How do we get a break? How do we, you know, cheat the referee? How do we get offside? How do we make it hard for the Melbourne Storm? Then all of a sudden, everybody breaks the rules. So then they've had to come up with this reset six, which I love, so they're not blowing penalties and penalties because that's what some clubs want to do. Of course, if you're, you know, breaking the rules, they could blow a penalty every five minutes.
4: It's an unusual comment, Gordon, for Ivan Cleary to make, given the time. They won the game. Boy, the Panthers are flying. They've won 10 the last in a row. 11 games. They're on top of the competition. They've won 8 in a row. They're doing it easy. They're playing the Raiders. That's it. Um, genuine you know, title threats. Genuine premiership contenders. And look, I, I think, I don't know if there was anything malicious or, or there was intent there, but he's managed He's a to clever
3: guy, isn't he? There he is, You guys yeah, know that yeah, he's yeah, 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 pretty no, he's smooth, wild, isn't
4: he? Yeah, you can't survive as long as he has yeah. an, as an yeah. NRL head coach. Yeah,
3: yeah unless... and nothing seems to stick on him.
2: Well, so who would, who would pay this fine? Does Ivan pay it or does the club pay it or – we I'll, don't know I'll the
3: answer, find it. Ivan, and, yeah. and
2: generally depends on the club.
5: Some right. clubs will. will they step might in start and a, a GoFundMe
3: page and do some TikToker. We'll do some a <laughs> GoFundMe page.
2: <laughs> all right. So uh, as you point out, they've won now eight games straight. The Panthers have lost one all season. They beat the Raiders, twenty-eight points to twelve. And we'll get to that game and have Nathan Cleary come on a little bit later on. But that's some str- uh, news that we've uh, thought we'd get to you firstly. That Hoops brings us that Ivan Cleary is facing trouble for a comment he made in the press conference last night suggesting the Raiders might have been ma- massaged back into the game. Managed. Managed. <laughs> Managed is a word I was looking for. You've but got massaged. it on the brain, haven't you? You've got it on the brain. Massage oh, there. It, I thought not you're allowed
4: to go for a massage at the moment, are you, with the you certainly not if you're in well, the bubble. We, but...
2: We've got a machine at home. Oh, have and you? My wife oh. gives me a little massage with a machine. Yeah, yeah.
3: You got one of
4: those.
2: You got one of those little lounge chairs. You drop twenty cents in. <laughs> yeah,
5: got one.
4: <laughs> yeah, it
6: just one of home. For you. Uh,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> and he's and he's drilled a hole in a twenty cent piece and put a bit of cotton because <laughs> he's that tired. He doesn't want to pay. <laughs> yeah,
2: he just pulls nah, it back. Yeah. I hooked it up to a car battery. <laughs> now, uh, all right, boys. Um, the gift that just keeps on giving. Let's turn it up a page in the golden book that is the Brisbane Broncos. This is the latest. Uh, Anthony Siebold has been put into isolation. Peter Gentle takes over. Peter Gentle, the Gentles are quite a well-known rugby league family here in Sydney, so Peter takes over. Nice fellow, Pete. And then you've got uh, Tavita Pengai Jr., Alan Langer, and two other staff manager members now in isolation. Darius Boyd has quit the leadership group. Katoni Staggs reportedly wants out. Let's start with Anthony Seabold in isolation, an NRL coach. There's a couple of them in isolation now, but you would think the last thing he needs to be is away from the team. That's true, but
5: my understanding is it's a deeply personal reason involving his family, so it's understandable. Um, I think Carl Morris got it right that he he knowing the, the full circumstances he fully respects and agrees with what Seabold has done. And I, I like the fact he said that if and if you knew what was happening and you didn't agree with it then I'd i I'd have no respect for you. So mm. I've got no problem with Seabold attending to his family and having to break the bubble and go through the whole process. So I have got no no drama whatsoever yeah. with
2: it. No absolutely I mean whatever it's it, it's it's obviously you know massive it's obviously serious enough yeah. that he felt mm. that he knew
5: he, he he didn't he didn't do it
2: through uh ignorance or arrogance
5: he did it because it was necessary yeah and that's completely different from the likes of Wayne Bennett and Paul Vaughan and Tevita yeah. Let's Tavita talk Pangai. about
4: Tevita Pangai Jr. And that's uh, that's the breaking news this morning. Well, Well,
5: yeah, so he's now in a 14-day quarantine yep. because he what goes and gets his hair cut at a bikey barbershop
4: yeah mm. Fair income, you can't make this up. That's what I mean. You can't Anthony. make it up. Yeah. He's at a barber shop. Yeah. Whether he was getting a haircut or not, I'm not sure. But it didn't look was, like he needed one. <laughs> he was at a barber shop. Mm. Uh, apparently, there were bikeys there, so police have raided the venue. And in amongst all of that, there's Tavita Pangoy who's supposed to be in the bubble. but and no he's allegation the,
5: he's done anything wrong or illegal. He was just no, there. But he's, no, no well, but he's I'm saying the from bubble. a legal
4: point of view, with but the police. So police you can't go get a, bo- a haircut. No, I don't think, I don't I, think you I don't, are allowed I, to do at I the don't moment. Know. No, it's I've part it. of the bubble. I don't think, I don't, I think that's outside
5: I think the bubble. A, well, I think you're I don't know. I, I, look, even if you are allowed to go and get a haircut, you get your haircut and you go. I know at one point they were allowed to get their haircuts and they had to go and get a haircut and go. But you can't be hanging around, which is – Pangod wasn't actually in getting his hair cut. He was just hanging in the vicinity, mm. which is because he's not allowed to hang around other people outside the right. bubble. That's right. the issue. Mm. So – uh, but it's just... There's just been
4: a lot going on I'll in tell the bubble, you what, isn't there, I, Anthony?
5: The way this virus is spreading and how, uh, I would say, uh, lackadais- lackadaisical the players are becoming and just how over-relaxed they are about breaking the bubble mm. uh, right up to the very top with Project Apollo, uh, Wayne Bennett, breaking it more than anybody. Uh, I, I just think that... Um, it's a matter of time before someone goes positive and the whole NRL season is in turmoil. Guys, like, and there's there's going to be millions of dollars at stake. Yeah, I, I thought Phil Gould made an excellent point today. He said, don't be that guy. Mm. You don't want you, – can you imagine you're the player – if you get caught breaking the bubble and you test positive to COVID and by the time they've done it, you've played a game or whatever – and you have to you're the bloke responsible for the NRL season having to stop again mm. for Channel 9 saying we're now pulling the funding for the NRL then then have to sit down with the players association to negotiate a pay cut for everybody in the game that's a lot to have on your on your head, yeah, isn't yeah.
0: it? Mm.
2: But like, if obviously we've got to get to the Wayne Bennett thing because that's as equally as disrespectful to the laws of COVID nineteen and what we're trying to do with the NRL. But you look at this situation at the Broncos now of Anthony Seabold's in isolation because he had to attend to family matters. Okay, but what about Alfie Langer and two other staff members and Tevita Pengai Junior? I mean. What is going on at the Broncos under Anthony Seabold's imprimatur hoops?
4: Well, they're in all sorts. They are, and it's not just Anthony Seabold either. Like the club power brokers, Kentys talked about Carl Morris. He's the chairman, the CEO Paul White. Everybody's got to take some accountability here for the debacle that has become the Brisbane Broncos. Gordon, how do you see it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it, it's um,
3: it's a tough one because. You know, I've been saying this for 12 months. I think Anthony Seabolt's out of his depth and I think the way the club is and the guys that have made those decisions. Hey, can I just... The guys uh, that have put the club in this... Yeah, go on, you go. Sorry,
2: ahead. mate. We've just had uh, one of uh, NRL's premier journalists contact us, Buzz Rothfield, to tell us that you can get a haircut. A haircut is an essential service. So thank you very much, Phil Rothfield, for that. Back to you, Gordon. But it's just hanging...
3: Yeah, you look, and, you know, Brisbane, I think they got to have a look. I think reading in the papers here today that... You know, there's two leadership groups. How can you have two leadership
5: groups? Yeah, I know. Like uh, The left <laughs> like, side and the right like, mate, side. Like, what are they, mate, like, mate, I'm just
3: laughing. Mate, because I'm just laughing because, and Darius Boyd doesn't want anything to do with it. And I think Darius the last couple of weeks has been Brisbane's best player and he's always wanted to be fullback. And you can't get offside, you know, with your most experienced player. And no matter who it was, he was the club captain. He was their best player. He's their most capped player. Um... And for some reason, I think Darius stopped playing for him last year and that there should have been the writing on the wall, but no one saw it um, at the club. Um, and Paul White, Morris, Morrison, Darren Lockyer and Peter Nolan and all their board have their fingerprints all over it. And until that all changes, nothing's going to change. And I've said it, you know, 12 months ago and nothing's going to change because now, you know, let's not pick on the coach who's doing that. And f- fair enough, family always comes first, always has come first. But... You know, what's happening at the club? Tell me. Nothing. Are they going to win? Could they?
5: The concerning thing, this is what I found concerning the other night after the game. Anthony Seabold came out and said you couldn't knock their effort. (laughs) Right? Now, if you've just been toweled up for the third week in a row, they had 28 points scored against them. And if you believe the effort is there, then what's actually going wrong? Uh, they're, 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 what, that, that means something else is in there. What they, the game plan is not good enough. The coaching is not good enough. Uh, the players not good enough. If the effort is there, which I, 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 I doubt, or you know, no. I, I, I question that, but if the effort is there, then something clearly is wrong at the club that they're because not addressing because they got flogged a,
3: again. He coaches to a stats book. So when you look at the stats, the Broncos stats were better than Cronulla the week before. Right They actually beat Cronulla in a lot of the you know in the missed tackles, all those things that we look at. But stats are like a bikini; they show you a lot, but not everything. What 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 it doesn't show you is your Love teammate way looking. Love the in- that out, <laughs> do you? Hey, oh no, well it's hey.
4: well mate, like stats. Oh, no, 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 no. Stats, Stats are dangerous in the wrong hands. You're right, bad, man, it it Gordon. Yes,
3: absolutely, absolutely. Like bikinis, yeah. But. The looking your teammate in the eye, the going where there's no stat. Yeah, I mean, like pushing over for each other. So I know that they're individually making their tackles. Individually, they're getting their hit-ups. They, they're ticking all the boxes, but they're not playing as a team and they're not playing for each other. And that's looking, looking in the mirror after the game and did I did the best thing possible for the team and myself today? You know, looking your teammate in the eye because they're not covering for each other. They're not going just in case they're needed. And there are all those little things that we talk about, go, oh, mate, geez, are really good at the one percenters. But there's no stat for one percenters.
5: All yeah, right. look, I, I agree, Gordon. I just, I just question whether the club really knows how to fix the, the, the problem they're in. They've been, they just—it's
3: well, clearly they well,
4: because it, initially when they got flogged by the Roosters and then they had a couple other severe losses, it was all. Part of it was thrown off onto the media. Oh, no, don't listen to the outside noise, the conspiracy yeah. theorists, the knife merchants, the vipers. Oh, no, they're just trying to paint it out and, you know, make out that it's worse than what it is. Stick solid, stick tight, we'll find our way out of it. Well, they haven't. They've had one win against the Bulldogs. Well,
3: they lost their best player in in David Fafida. Now there's talks that pangai Jr., mm. right, has been ringing clubs well, well there's he has you've got been Co- he has and been and then there's Katoni Stags, Stags, who is like unbelievable he is he is their X factor mm. like moving forward he wants out yeah if you believe what's in the papers yeah so what's happening there well, and then well, they've I been in denial, saying, it. "Oh mate, there's nothing." missing. you
5: know, sorry. <laughs> I said we believe what's in the papers, because we, we write it. <laughs> All right, but boys, the, no, the fact <laughs> is, look, Pangai has been ringing around. You've got you, you've got Stags now, who apparently is looking elsewhere, right? So this is a club that's struggling to keep their players to keep them even wanting to stay at the club. Now you've got everybody. This is the other concerning thing about the other night. They had everybody back on deck except Anthony Milford, who'd been dropped. So with Lodge back, with Pangaeva,
2: with Fafita,
5: all they were all there. Yeah. They were all there, and they got manhandled
2: by the Rabbitohs. Boys, I'm going to have to interu- interrupt you for a second. Yep. So go on, Gordy, quickly, because I've
3: got Adam O'Brien from hold. South, McNichols, is it? Nichols? Yeah, Mark, Mark Nichols. Nichols. Mm. Mark Nichols. He runs through oh, yeah. our two front rowers mm. yep. He's, and scores.
2: Yeah, yeah embarrassing. the online oh, defence on. was terrible. And they got beat by 18 again. But, boys, we'll take a break. I've got Adam O'Brien from the Knights on the line. So, we will come back to the Broncos, but I'm going to have to cut it there because I can't keep Adam O'Brien waiting. The Newcastle Knights coach is up next as Triple M rocks the footy.
0: Triple M, M. 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 Sunday Synvian is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Sunday CB. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M
2: rocks footy. Welcome back to We've got a game kicking off at two o'clock today. It's the Titans Cowboys which we'll get to you shortly and a lot of people listening around the place via the app. Stephen Jones is on the east coast of the USA listening to, he loves NRL. So Stephen Jones thank you for your support over there. We'll call in next time we're on the east coast of the USA. But we've we've kept him waiting long enough. He is the head coach of the Newcastle Knights. I don't think we've had him on the show before. Let's welcome him in. Adam O'Brien, welcome to to the uh, Sunday sin bin.
1: G'day, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course, mate. Hey, congratulations. I tipped you blokes to win, but I didn't think it'd be by that much. Uh,
1: well, mate, I, uh, I kept you happy, mate. Um, uh, look, it was a great performance. I was really pleased with um, our start to the game, and, um, and, and I thought we defended uh, really well in that back. Back part of the game when you know pretty much the game was done, but we still uh, managed to show that resilience that I've been banging on about all year. So uh, yeah, really pleased that we could do that in front of our home crowd.
5: Adam, you must also be pleased that uh, the performance of Blake Green coming to the side.
1: Yeah, Paul, he was uh, he was outstanding. Green, you know, it was a was obviously a big week for him. Um, You know, he landed up here. What was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? And we just had we had about a forty minute session. Um, with the spine and, you know, just right from the start, I had a, I had a good feel. I know what Greeny's about, having worked with him in Melbourne, but just the way him and uh, Junior and obviously Kaelin and, and Kurt just sort of connected all week. I was I absolutely was a little bit concerned that they'd uh, be a bit footied out, the amount of talking that they did. But anyway, they, they looked connected on the weekend and, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get better, you know, moving forward. The performance of Caelan Pong, I
5: I tell you what, uh, you you had a a crack at your blokes a couple of weeks ago when they played poorly in the rain there, but uh, he rewarded them yesterday, the the, the Newcastle fans, didn't he?
1: Yeah, he did, mate. Look, the one thing about Caelan that I've noticed this year, you know, I always had this perception that, um, you know, he wasn't all about footy, and and he's not. He has interests away uh, away from the game, but... He certainly does put a lot of time into watching tape. Uh, I know that he spent some time, you know, looking at Billy Slater and Tedesco. And he's always looking at evol- uh, evolving his game. But, yeah, yesterday, certainly before the game, he had a really steely look about him. And, uh, you know, I was really pleased for the young bloke. He's, you know, we expect a lot of him and uh, and he produced yesterday.
4: Adam, what about for yourself personally? It was an interesting week where Paul Crawley on NRL 360 obviously had some comments to make about... Um, yourself in the box and how at yep. times uh, you can get a bit fired up and obviously it's a red-blooded sport. It's an emotional game. Um, and then I was fascinated to see that you actually then did an interview where you clarified with Paul that you have been working really hard behind the scenes, at trying to make sure that just you balance all of that out. How did you think you went last night? And tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, look, um, obviously Paul's comments. You know, I thought they were warranted. I'm not um, oblivious to my behaviour up there. Um, it's important I've always... You know, all year I've talked to the guys about taking emotion out of, uh, you know, their decisions and and I guess, you know, don't let emotion dictate their behaviour, you know, on the field. And when they've got, you know, one of their leaders sitting upstairs doing that, I just thought it was a bit hypocritical. So I was, I was mindful of it before... Uh, you know, Paul highlighted it the other night. Um, and I actually work with just a friend that knows me well, and he works in, he doesn't work in sport, but, um, you know, works in a high pressure environment. And so I always knew that it was an area for me to get better. You know, it's not just about players getting better. We, you know, we as staff need to continually improve each day. And I knew that that was a blind spot for me. Um, and I guess when it was sort of dragged into the public domain, then, you know, it sort of forces you to, to look even harder at it. So look, oh, last night I thought I was uh, I thought I coached, um fairly effectively. Uh, look, I'll be a work in progress, but I just got to find the um, the balance there. So I don't want to just become mute up there because it's not who I am. It's not my nature and. Um, I just got to find that balance where I, you know, I do have my head and heart in the game, but, you know, I'm not being a raven lunatic at the same time.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by that, Adam, because I see a lot of assistant coaches sit quite calmly next to the head coach. Mm. And then when they get promoted to a head coaching role, they suddenly become the lunatic in the box that they weren't when they were the assistant <laughs> coach. So what, what, what's the change there and, and why does it almost have to happen? Because we... Yeah, back in the day, coaches used to sit in the grandstand with the fans around them. Then we had to put them in boxes because they started to yell out and, and carry on a little bit themselves. And it's almost like since they've got in the box, there's like a licence there for the head coach to to you know, jump up and yell and slam down the the headphones and yell into the headphones and abuse the assistants to tell this guy to do that. What why does that that change occur?
1: Mate, it's a really good point. If I knew that, I don't think that I'd be
4: doing it. But
1: just, you know, um, it, it is a little bit in my nature. I remember when I was an assistant to Brad Arthur um, in the 20s at Melbourne. I was, you know, 08. I had that in my in my nature then. And um, I think working with Craig, you know, it, the, the box would not have functioned at all if we were both doing it up there. So... Uh, he took the rights to doing that. And I, uh, you know, we had to remain calm because you're the person that's, you know, talking to the pick crew down on the sidelines. Mm. So, you know, it's it's important that we're being really effective with the communication and not rattle the sidelines. So, look, sometimes when you're seeing the coach go off, um, you know, that's not going down to the players directly. It gets filtered by the time it gets out I and mean, It certainly doesn't. Um, go out to them in the vein that it's been expressed in the box. But I think, you know, obviously, the, the pressure of the job, um, you know, and, and you're invest, invested in the game. That's not to say that assistant coaches aren't invested in it. But, um, yeah, look, it's a pressure thing that I, I guess experience will help me with as well. And I, I think, you know, to be brutally honest, Paul, coming from the environments that I have, You know, sometimes you get used to that success, and I and I and I thought that was another blind spot. When I took the job on, I was well aware of what my challenges would be. That, you know, you've sort of come accustomed to this, you know, machine-like environment. Well, I need to create that here. So, it's just being mindful and keeping things in in check. That you know what I need to get done.
5: So, uh, when you do that, then like you you take on that new environment. It's a it's a self. It's a self-disciplined thing. Like, Is that is that, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, something you guys are aware of there? That, because the players do see that, don't they? And that's what I suppose you, you're alluding to there, that if you can't control yourself, how can they?
1: Absolutely. And that's why I did take that feedback from Paul on board because, you know, if I'm expecting them to control, you know, the pressure situations, then I need to be, a, you know, an example or a symbol of that. So, look, I'm really upfront with our guys. I'm really honest with them. And usually, the blow-ups that, that you see, sometimes they're not connected to the actual part of the game. They get used a little bit later. But if there's something that I'm Completely upset with you know, and that's usually something to do with you know a lack of effort or laziness. It, it will get shown in the um, in the reviews and you know, and, and pointed out on. Or- you know, why. It's not a personal thing. I'm just critiquing the, uh, the action. Yeah. But, yeah, certainly I need to be better with
5: it. Benny Eichmann was talking during the week about uh, things like that. And he said, you know, and, and I think it's a valid point. Uh, he said a lot of assistant coaches who work with Craig, and, and we all seen how Craig can be uh, so, you know, the blow at halftime or the blow in the box and all the rest of it. And the players go out and they respond to it. And a lot of the assistant um, coaches or, or even other coaches who, Look to Craig Bellamy uh, as an example of how to coach. They see all that about Craig and then think, okay, well, I'm going to take that into my coaching. <laughs> but they don't take they don't. There's other redeeming characteristics to Craig Bellamy's personality that uh, forces the players to have a great love for him. So which sort of offsets the the temper tantrums and all the rest of it. And and, uh, and Ike was saying, you can you know you've got to be careful that if you've got one, you've got to have the other because. That's why Craig's able to have the blow offs because he's also got this other side to his personality that endears him to the players. And if you can't have both then and all they're seeing is the blow up, then that runs short, yeah, you know, runs out pretty quickly, doesn't
1: it? Absolutely, yeah. I think you know, the saying that you'll you'll do anything for anyone that you know cares about, you yeah, is absolutely true and players are no different in that. So making sure that you you, know, you look for ways be the other way, you know, looking mm. look for ways to show that you do care about them and that you've got their interests at heart. It's not just about getting stuck into them all the time but um, you know certainly they understand the, the the players understand the things that'll that'll get me uh, fired up at the most and it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not about um, you know skill or talent based stuff it's about you know letting standards down when I know they're capable if it's a, a lack of uh, effort or laziness that's the stuff that I that I'm hard on but certainly by the time I'm down at the box at half time and that my, my messages are Really calm and, and and quite clear with the players, but yeah, you're right. It's it's just getting that right balance, and mm. and that was the other thing highlighted during the week when I really sat back and started to think about it. You know, there's whilst we're in a really privileged position, you know, they, they are tough times for the guys. So you know, just me lumping all this on top of them, and they needed to find you know, I guess some ways to lighten up and just try and get a little bit of fun. We've, we've had a really tough period now, and I think it's just a little bit of time to relax at times. Mm.
5: It's all things considered, that it sounds like you're really enjoying your first stint as, as a head coach.
1: Oh, look, I love it. I didn't, you know, when I took it on, I didn't know this was going to happen in the world that we're living in at the moment. And certainly the injury, it's thrown up some challenges, no doubt, you know, with, in terms of injuries and, you know, just staff being put off and outside the bubble. There's certainly a lot of things for the first year to to take on board, but I've got really good support. You know, the great coaching staff, you know, with, with uh, Fernsey and Willie Peters and, and our development guys. and They've done a great job with our young kids because we've had to have a next man up mentality, but certainly the support from, you know, the West Group and Philip Gardner, they've really supported me in the first year and, and, and the town's been enormous as well.
3: Hey Adam, you just alluded to people losing their jobs in the bubble. What do you think of, you know, arguably one of the greatest coaches breaking it himself when he's supposed to be a leader? Oh, look, yeah. No, uh, mate, rip into him, mate. I'm on your <laughs> side. <laughs> uh, look, as I, as I said before,
1: look, I, I'm a, uh, I need to be a, a living symbol of, you know, what we need to be doing here just from the Knights' perspective. And, you know, I think we all understand pretty much what's required. And, and, you know, I know that I. we talk to our guys daily about it. And, you know, if someone from the Knights – you know, whether it's a staff member or a player that breaks it, it won't be through that lack of knowledge. It'll be, you know, a lack of, uh, I guess, thought or, or care, and so I'll come down hard on that, for sure.
2: Hey, Adam, but just before you go, mate, you mentioned um, Fer- uh, Ferner and you mentioned Willie Peters. Like every other coach in and around the NRL, we seem to know where they come from, who they played for, where they grew up, but you're a little bit of a mystery in that area. Where where do you kind of grow up? Are you a Sydney boy?
1: No, no. I grew up on the south coast in Batons Bay. Right. Um, I grew up there. Uh, my man had the pub down there for oh, 30 or 40 years. I grew up playing footy. Um, I think that threw me into the underage when I was four. So, I um, yeah, I just played footy down the, the coast and, and met up with Brad Arthur. He came down to captain coach and, um, look, spent some time there together. And then we played together again in Cairns in uh, in North Queensland. Um And then went down to the storm with the twenty. So, yeah, a bit of a, uh, just a bush footballer, mate. I was, uh, I'd like to think that I'm on the way to being a better coach than I ever was as a player. Well, good on
2: you, mate. Look, we wish you all the best with it. you got a good uh, team up there at Newcastle. And uh, congratulations on the win last night. Thanks for giving us your time today.
1: Yeah, no worries, guys.
2: Thanks for having me. Good on you, mate. Adam O'Brien from the Newcastle Knights joining us on the Sunday Sinbin. We do it thanks to our mates at Bryden's Lawyers. It was a good win for the Knights. But, uh, Hoops, your poor old Tigers. I mean, something's not right there.
4: They were putrid, weren't Mm. they, Anthony? No excuses. Uh, I'm starting to question. I I know Madge Maguire knows where he wants the side to get to, and he's been really ruthless in, in his approach towards trying to make sure Uh, that they make the finals this year. But I think after a loss like that uh, and the performance last week against the Warriors, you can put the pen through them. They Mm. they won't be competing in the the finals this season. The loss of Harry Grant, massive. Like, as much as he's only played a handful of NRL games, what he was able to do to that Tigers team and the way he was able to ignite uh, the halves and bring them into the game as well, uh, you can't understate that. And I think, sadly, it's going to be another long season. Mm.
3: If they were to go into the and it'll pl- be longer next year if they don't find a number nine. Mm. Correct. Yeah. Well, I was just going to
2: say that, Gordy. You, you yeah. look at that Tigers side. Um, if they're to, if they're to recruit, where do they need? What do they need?
3: Oh, well, obviously Harry Grant. If he goes back to the Melbourne um, to um, to the Storm, well, mm. like I, I think everybody needs a quality number nine these days. You know, I mean, like. Everybody talks about their spine, um, but I think a nine and nine and one are the two, and I think Dewey's doing a fair job back there and uh, he played under difficult circumstances yeah. um, last night. But I just think nine is the key spot, you know. I think I think it oh, all yeah, starts from yeah, yeah, oh, well, do you know what, like then with the real changes, Kenny, like we always thought that Cook would have been, but it doesn't just suit a natural runner. I think it suits everybody. It just suits a footy player, you know, and and just knowing what your team needs at the time. And Harry Grant, for just a young guy, I think he's got a bit of both. He's got a great running game. Um, he's got a really good running game. and He's got a great passing game, and he's an organiser. And a, And to have a guy come to the club, and you know that he might only be there for 12 months, and you give him the side. You know, it's a but it's a fair feather in the cap.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, boys, um, just before we do go any further, just on Adam Dewey, not to, to harp on it, but we I wanted to say a special mention to all the people uh, in the Lebanese community and the yeah. New South Wales and Queensland who have uh, that awful news about Beirut that we got midweek. And uh, do you have
3: any family over there, Anthony? I, I on don't have. A serious note?
2: I don't believe I have any family left over yeah. there, Gordy. My dad's yeah. obviously from Lebanon, but he was born here. Yeah. Um, and, and in my family over there, they weren't in Beirut anyway. They were in, in a bush town. But there's, the NRL, Lebanese community love the NRL, and there's so many great Lebanese players in and around the NRL.
4: Although it was a nice touch from Josh Mansour. We obviously saw the, the really emotional side of what's happened overseas with Adam Dewey's reaction after mm. the game. He was in tears out there uh, on the field. But then you go to the Penrith match and Josh Mansour, mm. that they'd clearly organised for a Lebanese flag to be on hand. Yeah. He draped it around the yeah. shoulders and went running around yeah. uh, waving to all the fans in the crowd and then spoke really uh, succinctly afterwards um, about how much rugby league means to the mm. Lebanese community in Australia, and also obviously sending a big shout out to everybody well, who's doing it hard overseas. Yeah,
3: well, they've been a massive part of our game, haven't they, for mm. a long time? You know, uh, all the Bibby. So
2: yeah, you look at them all: Benny Elias and uh, Joey Thomas ha- and
3: Hazem El mazri Yeah, is it Baysari? Was Basari? Yeah, he was Lebanese. Johnny yeah. Elias, of course. Johnny, Johnny Elias. Elias. Oh, um, fantastic. But now you could make a I really with good side guy, Michael Curry, and the Curries are famous here, mm. and you know, so. No, mate, they've been fantastic for the game.
2: And your mate's up there in the pub at Toowoomba. The sp- yeah, they're the... Oh, well, the, cow, what, the, yeah, uh,
3: yeah. the cow. Yeah, the yeah. So uh, they're the Koori boys. They're massive sales boys. Yeah, they are. I see yeah, Andrew Queenslanders, Koori. but they're yeah. boys. I don't. I All don't right. get that.
2: Okay, so we're thinking of the Lebanese community today. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the award-winning segment. We've, there's been petitions. There's been emails. Yeah. There's been faxes. There's Protest. been telexes. Bring back I Call BS. So I've gone on the front foot today... Gone into well, the boss's office and said either it comes back or I go. And he said, get it back. I call BS's next.
0: <laughs> 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 Triple M Sunday Symbian is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M Rocks Footy. score more value this NRL season with Ladbroke's Same Game Multi. Combine all your favourite markets into one big bet. Gamble responsibly. Triple M footy. Sunday CMB. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple A. Rocks Footy. Welcome back
2: to it. It's Gordon Tallis. It's Paul Kent. It's James Triceps Hooper. It's Maroon. Our number is one triple three five three. We'll speak to Nathan Brown uh, a little bit later on the brand new Warriors coach. He's a mate of all of ours, so we wish him all the best. And we'll have a chat to him about uh, who he'll target for the Warriors side. And at two o'clock today, we have got the Titans up against the Cowboys. The Queensland teams are struggling, but somebody's got to win that one. Right now, it's time for this.
0: From the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm Only Having One Beer, comes I Call BS. Alright, well this is what
2: we do here when the other team kicks off, I catch the ball, I give it to the biggest runner on the field, he's come off the back fence, I Call BS, here he is, Paul Kent. Oh, it's me. It's yes. you. <laughs> I thought <of> <laughs> about
5: Look, Anthony, I'll call BS on the, uh, the NRL integrity unit and their lack of what I believe is proper investigation in all these COVID cases. You, we, we're hearing people... Uh, yeah, obviously, Wayne Bennett came out during the week and he said, look, uh, he was asked whether he, uh, he'd done this before and Wayne, not knowing what people out there might know and what might have seen, said, oh, maybe one or two times. Then it comes out in the paper today that he was involved in, a uh, obviously, not just grapple during the week, but he was also at another restaurant a couple of weeks ago. Now, if, if that's the truth, and I've got no reason to believe it's not, then why, why did not Wayne Bennett offer that? When the integrity unit spoke to him, because part of the reason that the players and, and Wayne was put into the fourteen-day bubble, and, and it was okay for Wayne to coach the, the, the Rabbitohs on Thursday morning, was was considered that if he was in the restaurant on Wednesday, then he wasn't uh, hadn't been long enough for to be for him to be at an infectious stage when he coached the players on Thursday. But what if, yeah, and this is according to Buzz who broke the story, but but what if, what if he was actually at another restaurant two weeks ago mm. on the slide? But what if he's been the grapper? I dare suggest,
3: more than once during COVID? It sounds but, like you know what you're talking about, Paul. It's, I, mean, I, 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 I call I think, bullshit I, with you, dude, because do you know what? I don't reckon he's cooked a meal in his life, Wayne. I reckon he eats out every night. The fact, fact called... is, there's no
5: proper investigation there. Yeah. They've been happy to try and sweep it aside. And... And a lot of people out there go, oh, come on, big deal, he's gone for a meal or whatever. The fact is, you need one player to go down to put the game in jeopardy. If half a dozen or so go down, there's every chance. If a player's infected and doesn't know it, and he gets because he's been to a cafe or his coach has been to a cafe, and he then goes back to train and infects the team, That that has, we've seen how quickly this can spread. Mm. Peter Valenius was on Triple M yesterday saying that one person. To, who attended one of the restaurants here in Sydney, one person was responsible for 400 people being infected. Wow. Another yeah. person, another one person, was responsible for 100 people being infected. That's, that's how infectious this disease is. So to sit down and just softly push this off to the side, oh, he's had a 14-day quarantine, and when it appears at least that he's not telling the complete truth, that he was evasive and vague deliberately in his answers because he didn't know what those interrogating him or those listening to it might know. Nathan Cleary got penalised twice because he didn't reveal the full details of what he'd done. And everybody kicked him in the backside. And Absolutely. Uh, Wayne, Wayne Bennett has had much more life experience than Nathan Cleary and should be far more accountable.
3: Do you know, Do uh, Nathan Cleary's a young guy. I think Bradman Best broke the bubble. Um, Vaughan, he did the big... Like, I think Bradman you yeah, go. Listen, mate, you're young. I think he went to see his, his mother. mother up, yep. talk, like, yeah, but when Wayne Bennett, when he preaches, right, when anybody else, he stands there. He should know better. It's just don't like.
2: Are you calling BS on this too? Or are yeah, you absolutely.
3: Yeah, no, that, well, what well, made the thing what shits me with it is then he comes up with bullshit well, it, it, about it a kebab. Who eats a kebab before one a.m. in the morning? Just remember, <laughs> what who, <laughs> who eats a kebab? Who eats a kebab before Buzz, one a.m. with twelve sco- <laughs> without twelve skewers? Sco- <laughs> 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 Buzz
5: wrote today. Buzz wrote today that he was spotted at Le- Spaghia restaurant in Coogee a fortnight ago.
2: Oh, my friend owns that. Well, look, we're get him on the line, Morris. Then. Morris, he lives in my street. Okay, but that's he
5: was spotted there a fortnight ago. Right. There's every you know, uh, Look, there's every likelihood that he, that he has been a grapper during this,
3: before other it's times. it's a famous footy that, hangout, isn't it? Oh, the grapper. It is. It it is
5: totally. I, I, I spoke to somebody who was there, not Brayden Asta. Okay, so
4: we need to clear that up because well, Braith's not been Braith. Braith. unfairly fingered well, for this. Braith knew wrong. he
5: was gonna Braith knew as soon as it broke that he was gonna be the one identified because he was the recognizable face. But the truth is there was other people there. Someone who was not, well, obviously was not Braith told me, and there was a third person that sat at the table. Now yeah. I, I can't say whether they were what there with for the Wayne ent- and Dale with Wayne and Dale. and they weren't there for the entire lunch. They might have just sat down and have a chat because but they were certain because the person who told me did, didn't watch the entire lunch. Okay. but certainly said there was a period there where a third person sat at the table. Wayne said in his interview that they were isolated in a private room. That's a lie. <laughs> They were in, they were in the, the public area like everybody else. Well, yeah.
4: I went to Grappa Friday night. There's I took no my wife private there. room oh, there. I didn't see a private there's room. Not. I've been going there for years. It's a great spot and so run the by Charlie unit? and Steve, two of the great characters uh, of the inner west. And You're right, Paul. It's a, it's a fair point. I can't understand how you can say there's a private room when oh, I couldn't see any private room there. Mm. Well, you were, you, who do you think you find are, Colombo. Hey? Do you think you're Columbo? Well, you no, you're... I just took my wife for dinner if right. that's all right with you. Hey, during, hold
5: on. During the week, Nathan Buckley, the Collingwood coach, broke, who, who again is a senior figure in, in the AFL, like Wayne Bennett is in NRL. Nathan Buckley went and had a game of tennis with Alicia Mollick and was the club, not Buckley personally, but the club was fined $50,000 for it. Now, given Wayne Bennett is on Project Apollo, who's geared with implementing the rules, who is part of the, the committee that goes and, and has appointed a COVID expert at every club at the NRL's cost where there's someone there and if you talk to other coaches around the game they say if you have any issues you just make a quick phone call mate am I allowed to do this no you can't okay I won't do it can I do this yes I can That that's like the whole thing's just a cover up It really is And, and it's such weak handling I, I, mm. Like just The game was going alright for a bit there But I tell you what There's a couple of little things lately You just start to think yeah. hey, Hang on yeah. What's it's weak handling?
4: What, what do you mean What's weak handling? Can't What's weak handling?
5: On, fact- sorry, I can't listen to both of you at once And I don't think the listeners can either <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well that's
4: right <laughs> <laughs> What's weak? You said it's weak Such I think the level
5: of investigation And punishment is weak I, I think it was. Look, this is embarrassing to the game. It's highly embarrassing to the game that one of the men on the, the Project Apollo is actually out there breaking the, the, the laws rules. himself, the rules himself. That, 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 mm-hmm. And the fact that Bennett was evasive and vague in his interview, that, the, that he wasn't properly investigated or hasn't at least been uh, properly articulated since and b- becoming transparent about what he's actually done. Like, if he's been at a Coogee restaurant two weeks ago, that might have been the once or twice before he's done it. Now, if that's the case, he would be now in the infectious stage. There's every chance that South Sydney could have been infected, those players, when they played on Thursday night. Mm.
2: All right, well, look.
3: uh, Let's lock him up in a nursing home.
2: Hoops, we'll get your one. We're going to have to cut this in two today because we've got to go to. So let's have your I call BS before we take a break. Hoops, it's over to you.
4: Well, Anthony, often we like to have a bit of fun with you, the Redfern Rocker, right. the Waterloo White Ant, a bit of banter, the King of Cash, cha-ching, <laughs> yeah, is one of the great ones. God, you're a popular player, aren't uh, I? All these but nicknames. But yesterday, I was listening to the Saturday Triple M, Saturday Scrum, I believe they call it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm big on, if people are getting stuck into your mates, well, you've got to stand up for your mates. Yeah, right. Well, well let's just yeah. take a little listen to this audio.
5: Maroon like, we just brought a, a, a
1: terrible segment last week. What was it? It was the trivia.
6: Maroon's trivia. Oh. Uh. trivia.
1: And then we didn't even end up doing it because no. you used your buzzer incorrectly and you said yeah. Gary Girdler, so we yeah. just we stopped it.
6: Yeah, altogether. I have to use my correct name, Tony, otherwise it's just not accepted. Really? Yeah, under Maroon's watch. Okay. Okay. Well, that's really, really. why we love flock, you so anything anything much, Benit. No wonder he's on Sundays.
4: Anything goes here. <laughs> Mm. Now, so they wanted to put the slipper into you. Now, I've got all the time and respect in the world for the Saturday Scrum people. Very good folk, but Mm. don't go putting the slipper into the Redfern Rocket, the King of Cash. There's only one King of Cash. That segment has won awards all over the world. Yeah, Maroons Trivia Quiz. Hundred percent. That's right. They try. And And what about what about
5: Gert saying now? I know when it's on Sunday. Like, didn't we sack him from the show? Yeah, yeah, mate. We, we told him we had to go to Sunday Day because we couldn't carry him any longer. Yeah, exactly. Gerds, if
2: you're listening, you're <laughs> midweek at Kembla Grange.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, we're going to take a break
4: and we'll come back. We'll take
2: a break and we'll come back with Bring in uh, Nathan Cleary. It's Triple M Rocks the Footy. <laughs>
0: Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Sunday Sinbin. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M,
2: Rocks Footy. Welcome back to it, and it's all thanks to our mates at Bryden's Lawyers, 1 800 848 848. They love their rugby league. They are there to commit, protect, and succeed. And uh, let's go to Penrith now. The foot of the mountains, they lead the competition. They've lost one game all year. They are absolutely flying. I hope I haven't put the hex on them. Uh, Nathan Cleary, welcome to the uh, Sunday Sinbin. Hey mate, how you going? Fantastic! Congratulations, eight straight.
6: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a pretty good uh, stretch. Um, still looking to get better, which is which is uh, a motivating factor, I think. And something that's um, pretty enjoyable training each week. But uh, it's been pretty good,
5: Nathan. Everybody's been really impressed with uh, the way you've performed this year, and I know there's been a lot of comment and discussion about it. But I'm just curious. If you, if you could go back and tell us what the change was for you and, and what like, is it just getting older or has something happened at training? Are you, are you doing anything differently? Like, what what do you sort of look back on now and, and see as responsible for this big leap you've taken into your career? Yeah,
6: I've been um, asked that question a few times. I don't know if it's one uh, thing in particular, but I think um, – Although last year was a pretty tough year, like I had a lot of ups and downs and, you know, I wasn't playing the footy I wanted to play. I think it was an important year for me. I learned a lot about, um, like, my game and not only my game, but about myself as well and, and leadership and all that sort of stuff. And, and came into this preseason, preseason really wanted to do well and, and train hard and just try to get better. And I think um, with that came a lot of confidence. And, you know, i got to thank the coaching staff and the players around me for that as well. They put a lot of confidence in me to, to kind of lead the team and, um, yeah, you know, I think that's the main thing, and you know, I'm just trying to go in each week with with that confidence and uh, do the job that I need to do for the team. So, what
5: are those things you've learned about yourself that you're now implementing?
6: I think a lot of it's just around like mind. Um, you know, I was just at times last year I was just uh, so worried about what everyone was thinking, and you know, just fear of other people's opinions was kind of holding myself back. Like I'd, I'd go into games sometimes just just worried about. Um, you know, what other people would be saying. And it just kind of held me back, I think. So did a fair bit of work on that and, and um, took into account on whose, whose opinions really mattered to me and stuff like that. And then um, along with that, just uh, stuff on the field too. Like I've just been, you know, working hard at that. Um, trying to take a few more calculated risks, I think, as well, just with ball playing and, and uh, yeah, just uh, repetition as well with the players outside me.
3: Hey, Nathan, congratulations on winning eight in a row and especially the way you're playing. It's absolutely outstanding. It, it's um, My dad coached me when I was 14 and mum used to always get up him on the way home because he used to not give me a run. How hard is it for you, you know, like to look at your dad and, and see coach or dad? You know what I mean? Because we, like, I reckon I'd find it really hard coaching my son. Yeah, I think, um, I
6: think me and dad probably underestimated it at times last year, especially at the start. Like, it did. A bit weird, and obviously, when you're not doing too well, it becomes pretty tough. But I think we've kind of found a good relationship now where, um, you know, me and dad are are super close, and I'm really lucky to have a really good family and a close family. And, um, you know, I've found the right kind of mix between dad and um, kind of coach as well. Like uh, at training, I just see him as a coach, and we could just talk like that. But then, um, times I get to see him outside of footy with mum and all that, it's it's back to being dad. So it's a pretty cool, uh, special thing to have, especially. When you're getting wins, you know, get to sit down with dad after the game and have a beer and uh, enjoy the win together. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's been. Pretty that was special. a great so,
5: photo. So. Does your mum ever get into your dad about things that uh, are happening on the field, or he's asking you to, to do?
6: Nah, mum's mom, the boss though. She's always uh, getting fucking <laughs> started about, about little things, but um, she actually knows a fair bit about for herself. So she doesn't try to tell dad what to do, but she'll uh, she'll get stuck up and she thinks things wrong.
4: Nathan, what about you're getting immense individual raps yourself, and rightfully so. But what about your pack of forwards? Is there a better pack of forwards do you think in the competition at the moment?
6: No, I don't think so. I think they've been absolutely killing it. I think um, you know, I think a lot of the raps I get at the moment are, should be going to them because they're they're laying an unbelievable platform. They're all playing so well and so consistent as well. Um, you know, I've never seen a group of, of blokes work. As hard as they do um, through the pre-season, they will absolutely flogging each other, but they will working on their skill too, which has really come out in the game. Uh, they're all confident to pass. They're, they run hard, they tackle hard, and you know, I love playing behind them. And um, they're really laying a platform for us this year. I definitely think we'd be where we are without them.
3: Uh, I normally tell players when I don't like them, but can you tell James Fisher Harris that I really like him? <laughs> um, he got his um, he got a jersey <laughs> presented to him through the week. I saw it on your social media. He says, he, he doesn't say anything. He's like, <laughs> man, oh, I don't know, man, I reckon he's got bodies buried somewhere, that guy.
6: Yeah, I, I couldn't get a word out of him for the f- first year that I, I knew him. Um, I started playing with him in the 18s and, yeah, barely spoke to him. But once you get to know him, he's like, yeah, he's just such a humble and hardworking guy. And he, he saw, you saw in that interview, like, when he got presented the jersey, it just means so much to him. And I think that comes across to all the rest of the players and everyone just has a, a massive respect for him and, you're right, Gordy. I tell him that I like him every week, and yeah, like, yeah, just, just tell nice.
3: him, message from Gordon, mate. Well done. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: will, I will. What about Big Billy kick out Nathan last night? I thought the Raiders made the mistake. Him and John Bateman have had this great running duel over the course of the last eighteen months, but they poked the bear, didn't they? And uh, I tell you what, he responded.
6: Yeah, they did um, kicks. Uh, I think he likes coming up against you know good back rollers, and Johnny Bateman is a great back rower, and... Uh, he kind of saw the challenge last night. First time he got the ball, uh, John Bayman, I think, rubbed his face into the ground. So um, I, was, I said to a few of the boys after the game, I said, "If I was versing kicks, I'd be telling him how good he was running, and I wouldn't be trying to stir him up too much." But uh, it's good to see him playing like that. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a force to be reckon with when he's on, and um, yeah, he's another one I just I love playing alongside.
5: Nathan, when every season starts, teams uh, set out with the goal obviously to make the top four, and then once they sort of establish that, they then begin to change the conversation a little bit about just fine-tuning for the uh, the, the finals and the grand final. Has that conversation started yet at Penrith?
6: Uh, not, not really, to be honest. I think, um, you know, it's a bit cliche, but we're just still trying to go, uh, you know, week in, week out footy. Um, I think the biggest thing that we've improved this year is our consistency, but... In saying that, I think um, another pleasing thing is that each week we come to train and we're trying to get better and find improvement. So we haven't really spoken about it too much because we don't really want to falter, uh, kind of the momentum we've got at the moment. We want to keep going on the upward rise and and see how long we can keep it riding. So um, yeah, I think that's the main focus at the moment.
2: Okay, mate, good luck to, for the rest of the uh, season. You've only had that one loss and the one draw. Congratulations to the Panthers. Great to see both the Sydney teams doing West the Western Suburbs teams, Parra and Penrith. But, mate, have a great week and all the best for your game next weekend. Cheers. Thanks, guys. appreciate it. Good on you, mate. And, by the way, that's the Warriors they've got next. Yes. Uh, we will have that game for you in the
4: Triple Are you M calling Network? that game? I think I Triple am e? calling that yeah. game, yes. Friday
5: yeah. night. I find that yeah. hard to believe if there's a top eight team involved. What did I be calling yes. it? Yes.
2: Well, I think I just jagged it, mate. I think, look, <laughs> mate. So You've getting a lot of the big oh, games lately, yeah, haven't you? The other two <laughs> blokes must be away. I have, mate. I've, had, I've seen more Titans games <laughs> than Anthony Don, and he plays
3: for them. <laughs> and I tell you, mate, and a lot more than oh, doing uh, That's funny, mate. When you start calling <laughs> South,
2: uh, when I call South, they win. All right, I'll Ooh. try and have that effect on the Titans too over the next couple of years, Gordy. Jeez, you're tough when you're a thousand k's away in the oh, Brisbane studio. Oh, not go again. There you go. There, We're building nicely. Now you show man. your true colours. No, whatever you do in your life. Well, hoops, what are you doing? You're,
4: now you're starting to turn on the raging bull. So if you're going to turn on him, I'll pull you up. I
3: don't want you. I'm more like a fat cow these days. I look like an old dairy cow with a big set of udders. But but I'll take Raging Ah,
4: Bulls. Big uh, set
2: of udders, uh, eh? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. When we return, they used to call him Two Scoops Hoops because he's a young journalist. He used to get all the scoops. Thanks, Tin Tonsils. They don't call him Two two Scoops anymore. They call him Australia's little hero. James Hooper's got all the news from Rugby League next. We do it for Bryden's as Triple M rocks the footy.
0: Sunday Symbian is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a
5: Ream.